A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Have you thought about using rye in your cropping operation? There are certainly a lot of options when it comes to when you terminate the crop, if you'll be using it as a cover, or if you'll be using it as a forage. Luckily, we have folks right here in Wisconsin with some of the answers. Kevin Shelley is the South Central Wisconsin Outreach Specialist for the Nutrient and Pest Management Program, and his colleagues say Kevin has been working with cover crops before cover crops were cool. He tells me more about the work he does and also gives us some answers to those popular questions about rye. One of the things I have done quite a bit is work with farmers on the practice of planting rye after corn silage either as a cover crop or as an early season forage crop for the following year. So we're going to get that corn silage harvested, uh, hopefully in in September really is best. And if we can get the winter cereal rye planted by uh, very late September in southern southern half of Wisconsin, we'll have a, a good overwinter cover crop and the potential to harvest an early season forage crop the following May. And so uh, with corn silage, you know, we're, we're taking off the entire plant when we harvest that crop. So we're not leaving a lot of crop residue. And it's often a place for manure application early in the fall. And so we have conditions that are somewhat susceptible to soil erosion and or nutrient runoff. And so a cover crop uh, in that scenario really is a, is a good idea. It's really kind of a must do. Tell me about the rye acres in Wisconsin. You know, how many producers are planting rye? You know, I've tried to get that information, and uh, the Wisconsin Office of the uh, National Agricultural Statistics Service doesn't collect that type of information, information on that crop or cover crops every year. There was a survey done in 2017 that suggested at that time about 25% of corn silage acres were planted to a cover crop after harvest. And the vast majority of those acres are going to be rye. A good alternative is triticale, so either winter cereal rye or winter triticale, which is actually a hybrid of wheat and rye. There might be a a few other things, but, but not many. So uh, in Wisconsin, we have about 900,000 acres or, you know, approaching a million acres of, of uh, corn silage, so maybe around 200,000 acres of the uh, corn silage at that time, although I, it's growing uh, every year. Um, it really is a practice that helps farmers to meet conservation objectives. It helps, to, helps them to meet the tolerable erosion loss uh, requirements for a crop rotation that includes corn silage. Uh, If they're doing a nutrient management plan, it also helps the phosphorus index score. It is a practice that's growing, I think, every year, um, either either to be used as just a cover crop or as a a forage crop the following year, like I said. Kevin Shelley says rye is the most popular cover crop in the United States and in Wisconsin. It's really, you know, well-suited to overwintering you can plant it relatively late in the season. It's very cold hardy. It will uh, germinate and establish and then grow quickly. Again, come out of dormancy and grow quickly in the spring. 
And so it, it just works well for kind of a late fall, early spring, overwintering cover crop. So it's used in a, a lot of different places, actually. Another place that's growing interest is to plant it after corn or soybeans. And so those full season crops are going to be harvested later. Soybeans, we can, we can get some fall cover with the rye. But corn, probably not very much because if we're planting that rye in very late October or sometime in November, we're not going to, we're going to get little or no fall growth. But it's, it's surprising. It may germinate and kind of stay below ground sometimes until spring and then start to grow. There's a number of farmers that are interested in having it in kind of April, May, and, and possibly even towards June, and they're no-till planting corn or particularly soybeans into that green and growing rye cover crop, and then having that cover, they can terminate it chemically shortly after planting. He says by keeping rye on until after planting, it gives a good amount of cover during a period of time when we have a high chance of rainfall between April and June. But Kevin does add that there is a caveat with having rye go that late. It isn't necessarily a research proven practice. We're kind of in the uh, process of learning about that here at the UW and uh, collecting a little bit more data on, you know, what the economics of that really are. But there's a lot of farmers that, uh, a segment of the of the industry that has a lot of interest and seems to be having some amount of success with it. So you talked about how it fits into a crop rotation and some of the reason that farmers in at least the southern half of the state are opting to use rye as part of their conservation plans. But we haven't talked yet about the profitability side of things. Has rye proven to be uh, good for a, a farmer's bottom line? It really varies, I think, in terms of what the impact on the, the crop that follows the rye is. It takes management. I think that's something we're still learning about in terms of how and when to terminate that rye or if it's triticale or, or possibly even winter wheat as a cover crop. Uh, how to terminate it, how to follow it with planting and managing uh, that subsequent crop, what, what the best option is as far as a crop goes or, or crops. So the economics aren't always clear. There, there's some variability from year to year, and it, it does take management, and I think those, those guidelines are kind of still being developed. Now that's rye as a cover crop, but Kevin Shelley has another answer for rye as a forage. What we find there is... Again, it depends on what the subsequent crop is. If we're talking about planting corn again for silage, there does tend to be a slight yield reduction, not always, but there there often is a slight yield reduction when we plant corn following rye harvested as forage. And so there are some kind of best management practices that I've put together that will help with that success, primarily what we want to have is either very little yield reduction from that corn that follows the rye as forage, or we want to have enough value from the rye forage to more than offset the potential for, for yield loss from the corn silage that, that, or corn or corn silage that will follow. What we really need to have is a rye forage yield of two tons of dry matter per acre is kind of the guideline there. If, if we're only harvesting one ton of rye forage 
it's not going to cover the costs of you know harvest and seed and and planting and, and all of that, much less make up for the potential yield reduction from the corn following the rye. So to try to assure that we get that two ton of dry matter, we probably want to plant in September, by September 20th if possible. We want to have our seeding rate right, our soil fertility, our you know nitrogen amount that's, that's correct, and then timely harvest, which also is another challenging thing because uh, the harvest window for that rye forage is kind of narrow and some years if we have bad weather during the time that we want to cut and harvest that rye, we can have some quality loss issues there. So, But again, farmers we've worked with say boot stage is the optimum for, for forage quality and yield, but if we've got a weather forecast that suggests we should harvest earlier than that, harvest earlier than that. Kevin Shelley is the South Central Wisconsin Outreach Specialist for the Nutrient and Pest Management Program. He has the information and guidelines on how to make rye a profitable system, either as a cover crop or a forage. You can find all of that at the Nutrient Pest Management Program's website at ipcm.wisc.edu. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.